What is up, sis? Welcome back to the Create a Relationship That's Real podcast. If you're new here, I am Kamisha, your host, your girl, and the best friend in your head, holding you accountable to living a life full of the love of your dreams. Today, I'm sending all love and joy and hugs and all of the things to all of my mamas out there. Happy Mother's Day. There's absolutely no hood like motherhood. And I just wanted to shout out all of my mamas, you know, who do what they do on a daily basis to make it happen. And today's bonus episode is one that suits this occasion very, very well. And it's one that's super special to me because I have the honor of sitting here with my best friend, my sister in spirit, and my special guest co-host, Melanie Parsons. She's a wife and a mom who's dedicated to building a family dynamic that's so much different than the one that she grew up in. And so she's here to spill the tea on how she approaches healthy parenting and how important it is to have a supportive partner who has yo back, okay? I know it's gonna change the game for listeners who may be seeking some validation or guidance in navigating this thing we call mom life. So let's go ahead and get into it. Good morning, Melanie. How are you today? I am well. How are you, Kamisha? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so excited that you are joining me today for this conversation, which is super cool because, you know, we're moms. (laughs) We're moms and, you know, parenting can be hard. Managing marriage can be hard. So just go ahead and just let us know, like, some of your stories, some of, you know, who you are and what you do, girl. Yes. Okay. So growing up, I did not have the best example of marriage or parenthood. Um, My parents tried their best, (laughs) but it gave me an example of like what I did not want my house to look like. So like uh, I grew up in an abusive household. So I saw that commonly portrayed. Um, And it wasn't until I was older that I realized that the parenting style that my parents had did not resonate with my values and they weren't bad parents. They just tried their best, but it wasn't the best, if that makes sense. So once I grew up and became a wife, I realized I had to do something that was going to make sure I didn't have that same home for me and my kids, which is really hard, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of led me to learning more about parenting. Um, I think the love, the marriage aspect, honestly, I believe Justin led that. Like, if it wasn't for the kind of love he gives me, I don't think I could have, like, allowed it I guess um so yeah I kind of followed his lead and we have an amazing marriage we really do um but we sat down one day and we were just like okay what are our values what do we want our children to grow up in and that kind of set this like the tone for our parenting and set the tone for what our house is gonna look like so yeah Oh, wow. Like, and I love you too. Like you guys, if you don't know Mel and Justin, let me just say like they're top tier. Okay. They're up there with Beyonce and Jay-Z. Not going to lie. Like they're super cute. Oh my goodness. (laughs) No, seriously. So like, 
what what would you say was the biggest like change transitioning from by herself Melanie to being mom like what did that transition look like oh that was so hard and it's so funny because literally like a month before I found out I was pregnant I had made a Facebook status and I was like, I can't be a mom because I am selfish. And like, I don't (laughs) want to think about anybody else. And then, you know, we found out we were pregnant and then I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Like, do, do I keep the baby? Do I become a mom? And I remember talking to Justin and he was just like, I, I just would like to have some kind of say, like, you know, ultimately it's your decision, but whatever you want to do, I do want to put my input. And then like that kind of like hit me hard. And I was like, okay, like he's going to be a good dad and I can do this. So becoming a mom was hard. It was really hard. I didn't know how I was going to do it. The day we came home from the hospital, I sat in the shower and I cried and I was like, how am I going to keep a person alive? I can barely keep myself alive. (laughs) Um, So it was, it was definitely a transition. I wouldn't say it was easy, but having the support of even just Justin made it so that I didn't feel like I was overwhelmed. Um, But of course, you know, with like maternity leave, like you only have your partner for so long and then you're on your own. Um, And so when it was just me and Aiden, it was like, okay, well, how do I make sure that you're fed? How do I, you know, I I really hadn't, I had no idea what motherhood was. I had no idea how to take care of a baby. I never babysat in my entire life. So I, this was all new, but little by little, like, okay, now I know that that cry means that you're hungry. And that one means that you need to be changed. And so it was really just taking life one step at a time and just really being in tune with my kid and being in tune with myself. I'm like, okay, if I'm overwhelmed, what do I do? And it was really then where I had to like, realize like, okay, there, I get overwhelmed really easily. How am I going to do this by myself? you know, at that point, Justin had gone back to work. So I was like, okay, I, I need to take a break. So I would leave Aiden for like a minute. I'm like, he's going to be okay for just a minute. I'm going to go try to calm down and then I'm going to go back. And so, yeah, it was just honestly just taking it one step at a time and like just learning the hard way of like how to become that mom. But yeah. Oh, wow. So did you have like postpartum depression at all I think no one no one really talks about that as much as I feel like they need to because it's always like oh "Oh, well when you become a mom oh she's like oh she's just changed she's acting weird she's always angry with an attitude but it's like bro like it's probably postpartum depression so did you deal with that at all not with Aiden um because at that point we were living with my in-laws so when they would get home from work they would come home around four they kind of took over for me so I could have a break. But with my second baby, oh my God, it was a life change. And honestly, because at that point, you know, Justin and I have our own house. We live by ourselves. Like my in-laws are not here. So with Kenzie, it was like complete postpartum depression and anxiety. And I had no idea how to handle that. Um, And like, even now I'm only what, six months postpartum. So like, I still struggled now with it, but it's not 
as hard as it was the first few months, you know, but it's the truth because with Ken, when Kenzie was first born, I had to try to figure out how to take care of my marriage, how to be a mom to Aiden while taking care of a newborn. And now I have a dog, which I didn't have with Aiden. So like, how do I make sure my dog is also being taken care of? And how do I also make sure my house is okay? And for the first month, our house looked like a tornado came through. I had no idea how to take care of it. And I had no idea how to take care of myself. And I was so terrified um, that something was going to happen to Kenzie in her sleep that I did not want to sleep away from her. But no one told me that that's part of postpartum anxiety. They're just like, oh, well, you know, it's normal to feel that way. In what sense is that normal? I don't feel like being that fearful is normal. Um, but I talked to my doctor about it and I was like, look, this is what I'm feeling. And that's when she was like, there's like all these resources out there for postpartum depression and anxiety. You just have to be open and you have to let people know that you need help because you're trying to handle it all on your own and you don't have to. Um, and so that kind of, when I had that and even Justin noticed it, um, which like, thank God I have such a supportive husband. Yes. Um, <laughs> because he was like, Hey, I can see you're stressed out and you don't have to do this by yourself. I'm here. What do you need me to do? And so like, once I like opened up and like, I told Justin, like, Hey, like, I, I just feel like I am the one feeding her. Cause I breastfed Kenzie. I didn't breastfeed Aiden. So I'd never dealt with that. Um, so it's like a whole bunch of new journeys the second time around. Um, but once I told him like, Hey, look, if I like pump and like put it in a bottle, can you wake up in the middle of the night and feed her with me? Like, I, I just need help. And once I like opened up and told him and like told the rest of our family members that are here that I needed help, it eased it. I'm not going to say it went away, but it definitely eased that level of depression. Well, that's good. Like I'm super like, it's, it's just good to hear how, you know, some women have like that level of support because a lot don't like, right. it's even funny. Like I'll sit and I'll, I'll, you know, me and Cora will be talking to our friends and then I'm like, oh, well, mm -hmm. the boys are going to grandma's this weekend. They're like, I wish I had that type of support. And it's just like, oh my gosh. And I wish that you did. I wish I could be that support for you, you know? So I think that is good that you have the support now and you definitely have a partner who, you know, has your back and is willing to help you no matter what, because it really takes teamwork. So like, how does it look now being a mom of two, like with Justin, like, have you found some more space for you guys to go get away? And I saw your Instagram stories. I know you went to a rock concert and I hope you had so much fun. Oh my gosh. Fun. <laughs> um, yeah. So honestly, before... Kenzie was born we were kind of in a funk um it just kind of felt like we were off and I couldn't like quite put my finger on it I don't think he could put his finger on it either but it just kind of felt off um and we talked about it like hey Justin and I have different ideas of like what it means to be with each other like for me hanging out is like us doing something together and Justin's idea of us hanging out is like, as long as we're in the same room together. <laughs> so it's like, okay, like that, that's not what I mean this week. I need to do something that like we do together, but it's funny. So after Kenzie was born um, in February, we went to a wedding and um, we had to leave Kenzie and Aiden with my mom and we drove. It was like an hour away from my mom's house and that not even the wedding itself, just the drive 
was like so just renewing. I don't know. Like it was like we were back to normal. Um, so yeah, like dating with two kids is different just because we do have to make it intentional and like plan months ahead of time. Yeah. But um, it's definitely, it definitely takes just work and commitment. Just do it, plan it, make it happen, and then go on with it. And, you know, I do miss just us being impulsive, but this is the stage of life we're in. We're going to get back to that point. That's what I tell myself. We're going to be back to that point where we get to be impulsive. But right now we're just going to have to plan. Yeah. (laughs) So I know you, you, you have a brother, right? I have two brothers. Okay. So like, how do you feel having a son and a daughter? Cause like me growing up in a house full of women, like mm-hmm. now I'm the only woman in a house full of men. So it's yeah. like, what is this? <laughs> so like, how do you feel like raising, having to raise like a boy and a girl? Like, how is that going to be? Um, It's different. I always thought I would be a boy mom. So like <laughs> to have a daughter, it's like, oh, I have somebody else now. Like I, I'm not a boy mom. I'm a mom a boy and a girl. Um, But I always said that I would teach them equally. So, you know, Aiden loves baseball. So I'm obviously going to let him do baseball. Uh, But if he wants to try something else, go for it. Like if he's like, hey, I saw this person dancing. I want to try that. Like, okay, sure. Let's do that. Same thing with Ken's. Like if she wants to dance, cool. If she wants to do sports, cool. I think it's important for them to know that they can be their own person um, and that they're able to like try out whatever they want to try. Like, I don't want to ever impose on them something that I don't feel like is fair, um, like whatever that may be. And I think that in society, we have like these norms that like, oh, if you have a girl, like she's going to be really girly. And if she's not, she's a tomboy. And it's like, but does it really have to be that way? Like just because she doesn't like makeup or whatever, like she's just her own person. Um, it doesn't make her any less of a girl. And, you know, same with Aiden. Like if he likes to like play, or I don't know, like with dolls, which he does, um, which got us a whole bunch of slack, honestly, but I don't care. We got him the baby doll so he would learn how to take care of Kenzie how to appropriately play with Kenzie I should say not take care of her um but yeah like that I thought it was important for him to know like okay this is how we care for a baby um so when people see him and they're like oh why is he playing with a doll like he's learning how to be a good dad so please keep your negative comments but right (laughs) um yeah I think it's just important for them to know like do what you do we're gonna follow you we're gonna support you we don't like it. I, mean, I might let you know. I might not like it, but whatever you want to do, we're here. Like that's what we're here for. So, yeah. Yeah, because a lot of people they say, "Oh well, well," like in those types of um those households, those dynamics. Oh well, the boy could do something that the girl can't do. The girl mm-hmm. can do something that the boy can't do. And it's like, well, why does it have to be that way? Like, right. are we really enforcing or you know forcing toxic masculinity on? you know, our sons, like, what are we doing? So I think it's good that, and it's a good idea that you bought him um, the doll because a lot of people don't do that and don't think that way. So what's going on um, as far as like your parenting, 
Um, I know I had asked you for advice a few weeks ago. So I'm like, this boy is whining. Please, Melanie, help me, help me, help me. So what does it look like to deal with that? Like the, the whining aspect, the communicating with, mm-hmm. you know, our children pr- appropriately. So for me, it was a learning curve. Cause like I told you, like I didn't grow up in the best household and uh, we grew up in this parenting style called authoritarian, which basically is your parent is the authority figure. You don't question, you do what they say. And if I was to like ask my dad, like why I would have to do that, the answer I would get is because I said so, or Mm -hmm. why are you asking? Just do it. Um, So like I said, I I knew I didn't want to do that with Aiden um, or Kenzie. And I was like, okay, well, how do I do that? And so I had to learn how to reparent myself. And I'm not going to say that I'm there because I'm not, I'm still reparenting myself now. Like it's hard, but I've learned that I just have to be curious with my kids. Like when Aiden is whining, why is he whining? Um, Is there something that he is missing? Like, is there a need that's missing? So Aiden usually whines when he doesn't get attention which is very difficult because you also have to remember that Aiden was my only child for five years before we introduced a whole new being. So five years worth of attention and then all of a sudden you're not getting that same level of attention. Well, of course you're gonna expect him to be upset and expect him not to understand fully why he's not getting attention anymore or as much attention, he still gets attention. (laughs) But (laughs) really just understanding like, okay, whining is their way of communicating. They're either upset or they're missing something. So what is it that they're missing? So, Hey, what's going on? Like, I see that you're whining or I see that you're not communicating. Like what's going on? Can you tell me what you need? And usually children whine when like they're, like I said, like they're missing something. And so, but you have to listen to what they're whining about. Like, I can't go to the playground. So they're not necessarily whining about the playground, but that they're not playing. So Mm -hmm. what is it that you want to play? What is it that you want to do? And kind of go from there. But honestly, like shifting my mindset from, oh, these kids are bad. Like, why aren't you listening to me? Why are you whining all the time? Like, what is it that you need to okay, what's actually going on? What's the root of the problem? Like what need is not being met really helped me understand my kids better. Uh, So just that shift and like relearning everything that I grew up learning um, that wasn't right, but it's difficult. I'm not going to say it's easy and I'm definitely not going to say that it's like it's an overnight change because it's not. But you also have to like, give yourself grace and always remember that you're not a perfect person. You will never be a perfect person and that you're going to mess up sometimes. Like you're going to have days where you're not regulated, where the whining is going to just set you off. And you're just like, Oh my God, why do you keep doing this? But in that moment, like after you say something like that, you have the perfect opportunity to just be like, you know what? I don't like the way I said that to you. Let me try this again. Because teaching your kids that it's okay to apologize and also teaching them that they're not always going to get it right. That's great. 
you set that example, but it's not even that example. It's just them knowing, you know what? My parents didn't always get it right, but they apologized to me. So I can do that to somebody else. Like if I don't get it right the first time, I can tell them, hey, you know what? Sorry, let's try that again. Because, um, you know, they learn from they learn from us. They mimic our behavior. So yeah, I think there's just so much to unpack with parenting. And you know, yeah. I love the subject. <laughs> yes. I just think it's super important that we really, we really start to heal our traumas mm-hmm. and things like that because it's gonna pour on, onto our children if we don't. Right. And you're the first one I come to when, when I have, you know, a hot mess going on in here with these boys. <laughs> so it's like it's really good that you know that you're setting a healthy example for your kids and you're a healthy household because not a lot of people get that. And I think that's mainly the thing that is missing it starts with us as parents yeah it really does and um I appreciate that I blame it on my childhood trauma (laughs) (laughs) um but honestly like I think people when they think of parenting they're like oh we have to be this perfect parent and like we have to get it right all the time and that's not gonna happen you have to be open to the fact that you're going to make mistakes. And all it takes is you saying, Hey, you know, like if they grew up the way I did, like, I don't want to be that parent. How do I get there? You have to really dedicate yourself to relearning things that it's going to be uncomfortable at the end of the day, having to learn my own triggers and why I'm triggered in the first place has been so uncomfortable. Um, to the point where I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore because why do I have to bring up old things that are hurting me? Right. But if you don't learn that, then you're going to keep instilling the same stuff that you learned in your kids. And at the end of the day, don't we want our children to be like more emotionally regulated than we are? That's what I think about. Like, I don't want Aiden to, well, let me say this. People think that your child has to be perfectly well-behaved and if they don't, then you're not being a good parent. First of all, have you met a five-year-old that listens all the time? Because <laughs> I have not. Um, you know, it's just one of those things. And, you know, I think that we set these standards for children that they can't meet because they're not there yet. So like an example I can give you is a three-year-old. So when children are about two and a half to three is when they learn um, how to start, I'm not going to say master because I don't agree with that, but they start to learn to regulate their emotions around that age. So you would expect a three-year-old to have temper tantrums because that's normal, but then society wants to be like, oh, well, they shouldn't be having temper tantrums. Well, so then what are they supposed to, how are they going to tell me that they're upset? They don't know how to say that. And I think that that's like what we do. Um, like Aiden's five and you know, of course I want him to tell me when he's mad and he does, but then other days he's, he just throws a a temper tantrum and he's like upset. And I have to accept that because at the end of the day, we are people who we can tell as adults, we can tell our partner or our friends, oh, you know, I'm really mad. Or I could just go off on that person, which let's be honest, we have all done. Like (laughs) we're not, we don't get it right all the time. They don't get it right all the time, but we can't expect a five-year-old to always get it right and then get mad when they don't like calm them down that's that's our job as parents like hey this is a safe place you can be mad but I can't allow you to throw that or I can't allow you to hit that person or whatever you set boundaries um but yeah like I just think we need to do better 
as a society and as parents to like create that safe space, but also know what our child is capable and not capable of doing. Because a lot of the times they aren't, like I said, they aren't, they, they, they just can't, they, they're not going to come up to you and tell you, listen, I am so upset at her because X, Y, Z, like they're just not going to do that. They are not, they don't have that capacity. And I also hate when they're like, well, they've learned the words, so they should be able to. Okay, that's fair. They've learned words, but they still don't know. They don't always know how to name that emotion. So when you're feeling like three different things, how, how do you tell your parent or how do you tell a person, oh, these are the things I'm feeling when you don't even know what it is. You just know that it's a lot of things. If anyone takes anything from this, it's just to understand your kids better. Like, get curious. That's kind of where it all starts. And if your partner isn't being supportive, sit down and talk to your partner. Be upfront and honest and hatch a plan because that's kind of what you need to do, obviously, as long as it's a healthy relationship, I believe. You know, right. but that's it. Okay. <laughs> And that's a wrap for today's episode. A special thanks and love and hugs to my girl Melanie for joining us today and sharing her story, sharing her heart and passion for healthy parenting with us. Because building a relationship that's real is super important when it comes to the ones we have with our children as well. Melanie is also a part of our Create a Relationship That's Real Facebook community where we meet every single Friday night at 7 p.m. Eastern for live Q&A coaching to help you navigate difficult areas within your relationship, okay? So come sit with us, come hang with us. I'll put the link in the show notes so you can come get some support and get your life, okay? As always, if you want me to keep holding you accountable, holding your hand, and walking you through self-love, self-awareness, rebuilding, creating, and attracting the love that God has for you, please do not forget to subscribe to this podcast. I really hope what we talked about today resonated with you in some way. So if you'd like to share feedback, talk about it, or you just want to keep the conversation going, you can head on over to my website at www.kamisha.co. That's C-A-M-I-S-H-A.co. You can also find me on all social media platforms at kamisha.co. So just slide in my DMs and send me a message. Let's talk and be sure to share this with a friend. I hope you have a very happy Mother's Day and enjoy the rest of your week. I love you. Go be great and keep shining, sis. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, love, we'll chat soon. Peace.